I've lost count how many general elections there have been in Israel. The only thing certain about the outcome is who would lose. And that is the Palestinian people living under now permanent occupation by the state of Israel. But it was mildly interesting to me uh, which individual would be uh, leading the Knesset, forming the government. I did not expect a landslide victory or what passes for one in the neck-and-neck races in Israeli elections for Benjamin Netanyahu. Neither did I expect that Netanyahu would form a government and he'd be Mr. Nice Guy, at least by comparison with his cabinet colleagues. To explain it all is the renowned Israeli columnist writer from Haaretz newspaper and as I say, in my view, the greatest living Israeli he is, of course, Gideon Levy, and he joins us now. Uh, is it unremitted bad news from the election, Gideon, or were there any rays of sunshine visible on the horizon? I wouldn't say a sunshine. Good evening, George. Thank you for having me. I wouldn't say sunshine, but it's not total darkness, because what happened now, that maybe the masquerade is over. Once Israel will present its new government, the real face of Israel will appear and nobody will be able to claim that Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East, that Israel is a democracy, that Israel is practicing the values of the West, that Israel is the outpost of the West. I think that... uh, the, the results of those elections are not as tragic as some of my friends see them because they had torn all the masks. And here we are, and that's the real face of Israel. Yeah, it is uh, depressing uh, truth that uh, the, uh, the, the nicer, the lipstick that was always uh, there, faintly visible, has all been wiped off now, hasn't it? The the uh, the various uh, liberal uh, political formations that ran, they didn't make it into the Knesset. Am I right? No, it's worse than this, George, because for many years now, what is called the Zionist left was the nice face of Israel, but it was a fake face. And in many ways, I prefer the truth of the right-wingers on the hypocrisy of the so-called Zionist left or center left, which which had nothing to to offer, not in terms of leadership and for sure not in terms of alternative, being an ideological alternative. The, the real fact is that elections in Israel in recent years are a choice between extreme right-wingers and right-wingers. That's the real Israeli political map. Yes, now let's talk about uh, those. It's For most viewers, uh, it's difficult to comprehend that you can get much more right-wing than Netanyahu. But of course, we now do. We have the Kahanist uh, leader uh, who is leading, I think, the second or third largest uh, group and is the coming power in Israel, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir is his name, and he became the, the black horse of those elections. 
not surprisingly, he knew to become the third political party, as you mentioned, and the sky is the limit, he can even get farer. We are dealing with a party that in any European country today would be considered as a neo-Nazi party, not less than this. But in Israel it became a very legitimate party. It will be part of the government, the media is quite supportive, or at least not banning them. And it's totally legitimized to have a neo-Nazi party partner in the Israeli government. I would think that this is unheard of 20 years ago. It would not be possible, but now it's possible. Now, from the foundation of the state, and indeed in my early years, even I'm talking in the 1970s, my early years of involvement in this question, uh, Israel was punted as a labor country, had labor unions, the unions owned banks, uh, the kibbutzim were labor socialist uh, experiments and so on. Now labor, having ruled the roost for a quarter of a century, the last time I looked a couple of days ago, was slated to have four MPs out of 120. Uh, what next for them? Look, they lost their way, they lost the leadership, and I think uh, just justice prevails in uh, sending them to, to the bin of history. Uh, they used to be over 50 seats 30 years ago, and they hardly made it this time when their partner Meretz, which is a little bit more to the left, even didn't make it and stayed outside the parliament. Those two parties had a quite a impressive past, but a very disturbing present in which they really lost their way. It's very hard to understand what do they stand for, what is their attitude toward the Jewish supremacy, in Israel, what is their attitude towards building more settlements and maintaining the occupation? And as such, I don't think it's a great loss that they didn't make it or shrinked to such ridiculous sizes. So they've been passocked, uh, effectively. Uh, they will now disappear, right. uh, which, of course, uh, as recently as uh, as uh, Rabin uh, and, uh, and and so on uh, w w was unthinkable. It, it is a remarkable tectonic shift in Israeli politics where Netanyahu will be the moderate, uh, neo-Nazi parties, as you described them, uh, will be in the cabinet. That's going to be tricky for all these social democrats uh, around the world uh, who have, uh, for a variety of reasons, had to pledge their unending allegiance uh, to uh, the state of Israel. Or is it? Will they just adjust, in your view? I'm afraid so. Uh, the past told us that the EU and the United States are accepting almost everything from Israel, and tolerating everything from Israel. Maybe there will be some condemnations, 
President Biden didn't call yet Benjamin Netanyahu to, to wish him good luck. But I think this is just rhetorics. By the end of the day, they will accept any Israeli government. They will support any Israeli government. They will finance any Israeli government. And they will arm any Israeli government, at least for the short future. Maybe for the long run, we will face a different international reality. But for the short run, I don't see the world putting sanctions about Israel or taking any measures that should have been taken years ago. Now, you and I both know, uh, but not everybody knows, uh, that the uh, so-called peace process is uh, is dead and buried now. Uh, if it was not dead before, it's six feet under now as a result of the election result. There can be no pretense anymore uh, that, uh, that a two-state solution, as envisaged at Oslo, which I supported, I freely uh, confessed to that uh, error uh, of judgment, uh, the, the, the peace process is over, so what's the rhetoric now, Gideon? That's the point, there is no rhetoric. Uh, the Palestinian uh, problem, the Palestinian issue is off the table, is, was deleted from the public discourse in Israel. People think that if they don't look at the elephant in the room, the elephant will not exist, will disappear. There is no public debate about what to do with the Palestinian question, and therefore there are no solutions. Nobody deals with it. The world is sick and tired and has different issues to cope with, like the war in Ukraine, like environment, and like immigration. And uh, the Palestinians, again, as you rightly said in your introduction, are those who will pay the price, as usual. Now let me switch uh, direction slightly. Uh, we uh, both know, uh, last time we met, I think we discussed it on a shared platform in, in Kazakhstan, there's always been a complex relationship between Russia and Israel. And that has been reflected uh, up till now in the Ukraine uh, imbroglio. Uh, Israel has not wanted, for a variety of reasons, including Syria and so on, uh, to throw its lot entirely in with the West and the Americans and NATO against Russia. Uh, but this new government now, what will their attitude be to that? I think that in this point of view, there will not be major differences. Netanyahu for sure will try to maintain good relations as much as possible with Russia. Uh, he is the architect of building the good relations with uh, Vladimir Putin and with Russia. And I think he will see, he will try to keep it as much as possible. The question is what price will Israel pay for, for its unclear, vague choice in which Israel tries 
to gain both worlds and to be friendly with Ukraine and not to betray Russia. Usually what happens in those situations is that finally you lose both. But time will show if Israel will be uh, able to continue to juggle because what we are doing now is juggling between Ukraine and Russia. Netanyahu definitely will try to continue this. Who will be the foreign minister, Gideon? Do you know? No, nobody knows. Uh, and it's totally unimportant because uh, uh, because Netanyahu will be the one who will uh, form the international relations of Israel. The foreign minister will be a puppet in any case. Well, how do you attribute this incredible longevity of Netanyahu uh, winning... Uh, even when he seemed dead, convicted in courts and so on. What is, what is it about him? What has he got as a political leader that, uh, that keeps him not just standing, but stronger than he was before? So it's, 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 a, it's a quite long list of, of factors. I'll try to be short. First of all, he's quite an impressive man. I don't know if you met him. I met him a few times. He is an impressive man. He is uh, very knowledgeable. Uh, he is sharp, very intelligent, and he is one of those that uh, you cannot ignore when you get to a room. He will be always in the center because he has some kind of charisma, but that's not the whole story. The real story is that Netanyahu found a way to the heart of those who, who felt discriminated over the years in the Jewish-Israeli society. Unlikely labor who was always perceived as arrogant and as uh, quite elitistic, Netanyahu, who comes from a very elitistic background and very privileged background, still found a path to the heart of those who were always discriminated, namely the Jews from Arab states who are a majority in Israel. And they feel, even though he is not part of them, that he understands them, that he represents them. Netanyahu by himself felt for many years discriminated, his father felt quite uh, excluded from the intellectual uh, milieu of Jerusalem and all those emotions, because everything is very emotional here, all those emotions somehow are working on mainly the lower classes in Israel and he's very talented to, to know to use it for his own interest and in a very successful way there was never in Israel such a beloved prime minister and such a hated prime minister but when he is beloved he is really beloved by half of the people like no one before him Gideon Levy stay safe and keep us informed as to how things are going there with Thank pleasure you very George much for joining us